0: Jewish power are like the two pans of a pair of scales. As Catholic faith goes up, Jewish power goes down. As Catholic faith goes down, Jewish power goes up. Because the Jews have always been, from the time that they crucified our Lord Jesus Christ,
1: they have always been enemies of of the Catholic Church. Well, hello, good afternoon, everybody. Happy uh, first Saturday in March. Today is the second day of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2024, and... Four of us are here. One is just getting his drink ready. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. This is going to be the rundown lightning edition because we're just going to talk about stuff. There's no actual topics. am just going to cover stuff. Father, you got a cape? like <laughs> a cape. That's <laughs> totally.
2: kind of cool. Is that new? Yeah. So I, I finally found our
1: scapulars. So I could rather have it now. <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, uh, we missed you guys. We last week it's been two weeks. Ryan is joining uh, later on for those who are wondering where he is, but we're just gonna go ahead and kick off on time for once.
2: Ooh, about that, nice everybody
3: you <laughs> <laughs> look at the African t- to ask about feelings <laughs>
1: <laughs> and punctuality, which is racist punctuality. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if African time is worse than black uh, American time i wonder if there's you know like a degree to which the africans just don't care about punctuality because for them it's it's uh getting away from you know uh what they do which is hey you know my schedule your schedule scheduling doesn't matter i'll see you when i see you
1: yeah i think a lot of cultures are like that like mexicans are like that which is just like oh yeah, yeah paco said he's coming over oh okay what time yeah. So he'll he'll be here, when he's here Sometime today.
3: Sometime today.
1: Yeah, just just you be know? on the lookout, Bolo. And there's and there's always something hot to eat when you get there. You know.
4: <laughs> I heard Mexican, and I appeared. So <laughs> yeah, there you, go. you
1: were you were summoned. What is your current drink, Alberto? It's blank. Tacos. It's a uh,
4: you know, it's a gin uh, it's gin and tonic. I, that's what what I was planning before I saw that uh, Mike and the father were. Oh drinking that.
1: well, you know we are broadcasting at three central right now, and so. It's like G time. It's it a little is. too early in the day for whiskey. Not that I haven't had whiskey this early in the day. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you don't put whiskey in your poppy in the morning. <laughs> I don't know how Lenten that is. No comment on that. All right. Um, before Ryan gets here, let's talk. Let's talk some Mad Smack about the FSSP. Does that sound good? Yep. Sure. Uh, apparently, the uh, what is it? Is it is he the Vicar General who actually met with uh, with uh, Bergoglio or no, it was General Superior? General Superior. Okay. So the General Superior of the SSP meets with uh, Bergoglio. It's a 25-minute meeting. There are two versions of the press release that come out. There's the real version, and then it got scrubbed, and they put out a second version. So <laughs> on the real version, it says, all right, oh, uh, Bergoglio. has
2: the reactions now.
1: Bergoglio is – whoa, you have reactions? Uh, <laughs> so Bergoglio Behold, uh, tells the SSP in a 25-minute meeting – you will con celebrate you will attend the chrism Mass you will receive communion at the Bogus Ordo um, and this is this is actually gets like spun into oh this is from God Traditiones Cass is from God this is so <laughs> amazing are they pulling the wool over people's eyes James? I don't know
3: you know I mean this is fascinating because we've been talking about this very thing for the last uh, I don't know three years um, and people don't want to hear it. It's it's as though they would rather their head be buried um, under sand and not sort of take um, you know an introspective look. Tr- tradition is not something the Vatican is doing well in the last uh, thirteen years. Everything that we've been seeing coming out of the Vatican has been to suppress tradition, and so one has to ask: Well, if the FSSB remains untouched. What is uh, the sort of quid pro quo that's been activated so that they can remain, you know, not suppressed like all the other individual groups we've been seeing, you know, of priests who've been tossed out by their bishops or what have you? Most recently in Austin, yeah. And so the question, so it begs the question, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes? And guess what, you know, uh, sometimes uh, it just happens to reveal itself—the truth—and that's exactly what we saw two days ago. There's some sort of confidential uh a communique that came out um that the the fraternity is not talking about but we've seen this communicate and basically it's it highlights exactly what you just uh read what you just uh, uh surmised which is in order to keep this you have to do this this and this Yeah. and the question remains how honest is the leadership is the uh, leadership going to be with mm-hmm. Uh, Those who attend their fraternity masses.
1: Well, it felt like a big spin game, Father Martin, because they were spinning it as, well, we thank the Holy Father for specifically setting us aside from Trudisiones Custodes. But then also there are all these now stipulations and the Holy Father pointed to the ceiling and said, it's Trudisiones Custodes is from God. very, And we appreciate him for being the fatherly pastor that he is, Bergoglio, the tyrant. The, the the evil anti-catholic heretic. Yes, we thank him. We so thank him. Is this Stockholm syndrome? I don't know, Father.
2: You know, I think they're they're trying to speak out of both sides of their mouth, I think. FSP, they've always I mean they've always done this in the sense that they're, they're trying to look like the the licit uh preservers, the holders of tradition. And they don't realize they don't want other people to know how much they're going to have to or already have had to compromise with the Novus Ordo, with the new religion. In order to keep their their canonical status, um, because otherwise there's no reason for them to exist. The SSPX is what FSSP is, except irregular. So they don't they they want their they need their regular status. They need their canonical status to pitch to major benefactors why they need to give them monies because they're doing exactly what needs to be done to preserve the tradition in the church. However, when Pope Francis says things like this to them. They don't want the public to know because then the public will freak out and say, oh, maybe, maybe this thing isn't forever. This thing isn't for sure. Why am I going to put hundreds of thousands of dollars or a million dollars into this organization that is already bit by bit starting to no longer hold the very reason it was, I believe, it was found uh, to begin with? So there are some major even financial implications to releasing that inf- information to the public, and they know that, and they want to hide that
1: yeah i it, it it feels like it feels like fraud to me i mean literally when you have two different press releases that go out depending on the language and then you 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 pull back the stipulation on the con celebration and the chrism mass and receiving the bogus ord communion and all that stuff and you're like oh well you know look here's the dirty little secret and i'll give it to you alberto the dirty little secret is, is in the united states of america the ussa I am aware of at least five fraternity priests that I personally know of who already do con celebrate secretly. They don't tell their parishioners that they do it, but they do it. They do it in the continental United States on Holy Thursday at the Chrism mass with their bishops because for political reasons. Now, the fraternity will, will come back and say, well, the Institute does it too in Europe. And, and maybe that's true. And that probably is true in Europe. In fact, that feels very French to me <coughs> that they would do that. So, um, so I, 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 agree that probably, well, there was a documented case of the Institute doing it in Poland. And so that's why the, the Institute got a church in Poland and not the fraternity in some, in some diocese or archdiocese in Poland. And they point to that one example. Look, everybody's blood, everybody's, uh, fingerprints are on the murder weapon when it comes to cooperate with modernist Rome, Alberto.
4: And what, what it comes down to for me. Hey, Ryan. Good afternoon. Howdy, howdy. What it comes down to, we, we, for we me, decided
1: to bash the frat, but before you got on.
4: <laughs> what it comes uh, down for it. me, <laughs> the the question is: How do we raise our families Catholic in the in these days? And that's that's why that's the only reason why I find this whole discourse relevant. Now, what do I consider? I consider okay, I'm going to take my family somewhere where I know, as a matter of fact, that they're not going to hear anything counter-signaling what I'm teaching my children at home at from the pulpit uh so that's that's my consideration and i was in a space on twitter a couple of days ago with some set of accountants and i said look i don't judge anybody that goes to to the fraternity if they feel like that's that's the only option and that's a way they can raise their family catholic the the best however why would it be a problem to keep the concelebrating part of the statement that they that the from the internal statement from the press release why would why would that be controversial
1: It's just, well, it's just all fishy, I guess. But I don't, yeah, I don't, uh, Ryan, you can jump in on this, but I don't want to necessarily dwell on this particular topic. I got to get to U.S. politics, really. But you you tell me what you want to do, Ryan.
2: Ryan's muted.
5: I'll start uh, with the frat anyway. The... Why keep it out of the press release? Because they know exactly what's gonna happen. There's two things. One is it gives ammunition to the SSPX. Oh, look, you're compromising. You don't wanna you know, do that. And the thing is that what it is is the Pope is asking them because a lot of them don't, some of them do, right? All the ones I know do not. And I know quite a few who say that, you no, know, we're just not gonna do it. <clears throat> and you know, whether that'll show true when it actually comes down, I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> but in the meantime, the um, you know the the particular you know press release they they did hide that information because they don't want the, the you know the society to come and say, "Look, you're compromising." Which are you? <laughs> Isn't it true? Uh, you know, it is a problem. Right. Then we have, uh, you have know, the other factor that that comes into all this business is. Even with you know, they know within there's priests that are going to be like, yeah, 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 we're we're not doing that, and so they they want to you know continue to give this image that oh yeah everything's fine, nothing's going on. Don't don't you know worry about uh, you know this and that and this other thing, and so we it, it's just not realistic. Actually, they should be actively preparing within their own houses for what's going to happen when jailers of the tradition comes to visit. Uh, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska, as in the Fraternity Seminary, Denton, wherever it's at. What do we do when it comes to when uh, Francis the Merciful comes to say, hey,
3: huh,
5: right. uh, you know, we're we're, we're going to take you guys out? They're not ready. And, uh, you know, people have been I, I know conversations have been had with some fraternity priests and people reported back that and I'd have to talk to myself to verify it. You know, well, uh, I don't know. Or uh, well, I guess I'll just kind of roll with it and see what happens. Others, others I've talked to personally, I know that they're like, "No, I- I'm just gonna, you know, retire and wait until they figure it out." <laughs> A couple, they're like, "We're gonna, you know, go independent." Um, you know, right? But yeah, like um, that other group that you're not supposed to talk about, right?
1: Um, oh, yeah. the one whose whose tears you're crying in the logo of the FSSP. You're you're literally the logo of the SSP is tears about Lefebvre. All right, I got well, it. But- but but here's
3: where here's where i want to just offer a final uh, word and this is um what we <clears throat> we know the charism of the paternity is i'm going to read this from the website uh their goal is to pursue a christian perfection according to a specific charism which is to offer the mass and other sacraments according to the roman rites as it existed before the liturgical reforms that followed the Second Vatican Council.
1: Yeah, that's Here's their where, charism, but but that's not a charism. The the, the missile is not a charism. That's okay. not a, the mass is not a charism. The fraternity's
5: charism. Here's their words. Is essentially, we are not the SSPX. <laughs> yeah, charism. Charism. That's their charism. And that's
1: also not a charism. <laughs> yeah.
5: the as a, as a charism, they have a, a culture, they have an idea, you know, whether you think they're great or bad or horrible or whatever, but, you know, the fraternity really doesn't have one. And, you know, and, and again, and I don't want to hate on the fraternity because I get my sacraments from them. And I've known a lot of worthy priests that are really, yeah. you know, working hard to recoup the tradition. They're good men. They're leading
1: souls to heaven. Absolutely, right. not trying to dunk, not trying to dunk on him. Yeah. Just, just spitting facts right. here. And i not the same about way about is, the uh, yeah. about the ice skip. Right. I, I right. love the ice skip, but at least the ice right. skip is like, well, we're we're de sales in, okay? We like we like have a right. French. We were in the French school. We like the sales. We have a we have right. actually something going on there. We have something some spirituality to cling to. All right, so all right, and and also baroque furniture, which is just is this, uh, just is this ice
3: skip. Yeah, is this ice skip or? B-skip as in Iraq or Iraq.
1: How are we
3: doing <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, you know, they're now blaming Putin uh, for the invasion of migrants in continental Ooh, Europe. It's kidding? Putin's fault. Yeah, the Rwandan boats that are coming across the English Channel are literally sent by Vladimir Putin, according to the Telegraph. Um, this is...
5: <laughs> and you know, this has been going on a long time in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, what ship... Does Dracula get to London on? The Demeter, a Russian ship?
3: Russia? all right. (laughs) Russia is in the news
5: right now.
1: And and James, now they're saying that Russia's new, their next target in Europe is Moldova. They are just calling this guy all kinds of, he's a dictator and he's terrible. He gave a two-hour State of the Union address, James. And in the State of the Union address, he said, hey, you guys should go outside, learn to ski, and spend as much time with your families as possible, the dictator said.
3: Right, you know, I I am so far off the uh, conservative ink reservation. It's not even funny. And so, like like you and all the other people here uh, on this show, we're not putting apologists. We're just asking simple questions, and we're calling things as we see it. You know, so when we uh, are seeing things more in depthly than we've ever seen before, which is people, you know, call it propaganda, what you or, you, or what you want, you know. But the idea is propaganda is uh, a tool used whether for good or for evil. In any sense, when you uh, have a camera on people or in the streets of uh, some, some town or city in Russia, and it looks like people there are thriving a little bit, you have to ask questions. Well, you know, what makes yeah. this country so evil as our media is telling us um, it is? You know, yeah. do we believe our media? Or do we look at the video intelligence coming out and saying, well, this actually makes it seem as though Uh, There's something else here on the line besides, uh, you know, this evil man here, Putin. What else is it that these people are looking for? What are they seeking? What sort of uh, uh, relationship are they looking for with Ukraine? Are they trying to perhaps harness all the uh, stock of wheat out there as their own so they can have more uh, power and how food is distributed throughout the world? What exactly is going on? One has to ask these questions. Yeah, sure. Do we have Putin out there in Russia as a bad guy? Yeah, maybe you can argue that. But guess what? We founded the CIA here in the United States, and the CIA has been known to topple governments, has been known to make people disappear. And it's not a question of, oh my goodness, Hillary Clinton. Even before Hillary Clinton was alive, the CIA was doing um, a lot of wet work, you know, and we don't like to talk about that. And so we put up a boogeyman in Putin for right or for wrong, of course, we can uh, can talk about the Bolsheviks and blah, 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 going backwards. Yes, of course, we recognize the Bolsheviks were were evil and uh, they were propped up there by a group we can't also talk about. Uh, But all this, this evil has been in existence for a very, very long time. Uh, But looking, comparing uh, Stalin's Russia to Russia today, it's foolhardy to, to say that they have the same ideology now we can question whether it's a, it's an ideology that's actually uh, a real a real uh, pointed ideology toward an end that is good, or if it's just make believe because you know they're posturing for you know uh, uh, power here, you know. And that's, these are fair questions we have to ask. I mean, but imagine you, you me, live,
1: imagine you live ahead. in a development, okay? You live in a neighborhood development, Ryan. And I know you, I know you probably don't because you're just like you're 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 cool like that. But let's say that you have like five doors down, you have a neighbor who's like, hey, we're going to create a coalition of people who are willing to violently kill you under certain stipulations. We'll call them articles. But if you do anything that we don't like, we're just going to come to your house and we're going to kill you and your family. We're going to rape your, your whatever. So then um, that coalition of, of people who are willing to violently kill you then moves four houses closer to you and then three houses closer to you and then it's two houses closer to you and then you're just like, okay, I, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't think this is a good idea. Oh, and by the way, the house next door to you has secret bio labs where they're like manufacturing gain of function type stuff. Oh, and by the way, it has 12 different US military bases on it that are like forward operating CIA bases where you basically turn the Ukrainian. That's your neighbor. Your, 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 your neighbor's Ukrainian. So now you're, you, your Ukrainian neighbor who was toppled, who moved in in 2014 uh, on the government's dime, on um, the U.S. taxpayers' dime, right? And now this government, this guy over here, this Ukrainian is like, well, I think I'm going to join this coalition of all these other houses next down the street that are going to violently kill you, Ryan, under certain articles. If you don't do anything that I don't like, what, what do we expect you to do?
3: You're muted,
5: Ryan. Oh, no, Putin did something. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, you know, the thing is, all of this is designed to make him do something. That, that's one of the, the issues there is that in, much like you see in other, you know, staged operations, um, Roosevelt pissing off the Japanese, trying to get them to attack, goading them into attack. Uh, you, you know that joke, um, you know, all the talk about white supremacism, right? You've seen that meme. The FBI is like poking the Wojak. Come on, do terrorism. He's like, no. And the FBI keeps poking him with a stick. Do terrorism. No. Well, it, it's a similar type of thing with, uh, you know, international affairs. World War One is a similar thing. It's where can we poke the, you know, the whole thing to get it going, to get the conflagration going. And then you have a massive wealth transfer to the banking class in World War I. Well, what do you know about that? Uh, World War II, similar type of thing. How can we get the machinations in the background, especially between the Soviets and the British vis-a-vis Germany and how to get a war going that between the British civil service and the Soviet that that would that had been going on. Putin's got them files. If he was really on the other side, he'd put those out there, but he's not. And, and so all of this is, again, set up the bad guy for your 15 minutes of heat. Yeah. hope him to do things you don't want to look at Ukraine, too, or uh, not so much Ukraine, uh, Crimea. That was a plebiscite. That was democracy. Oh, but Putin jury rigged all that. It's like, well, wait a minute. The people voted there. And, you know, the last time a journalist went and went polled people in Crimea. Do you like living under Vladimir Putin? They're like, yeah, we do. And they didn't air the story because it's not the narrative the media wants to run with. Mm-hmm. So. You look at stuff like that, and you look at all the, the, the problems, the chicanery going on. Surprise if Putin does something. You know, what's Putin doing? You know, he, as he's stated, I, I don't know if I have, know I, I didn't queue up the video. Putin is basically saying, I, I want Joe Biden as president. And they're like, well, really? Why? He explained it, you know, because of uh, a very polite way of saying, because of what have done Biden is, this is great for us, because he's bungling everything. Because Putin wants to make a stronger Russia. And Russia is a you know, multiple languages, multiple cultures within massive geographical territory. He'd rather be dealing with that, I think, than, you know, Western aggression You'd rather see a buffer zone sitting there. So yeah. Yeah. the whole Ukrainian invasion, you know, one of the things that nobody's really been talking about since the inception of that crisis is that it's the end of the post-World War II order. The post-World War II order was predicated on the United Nations and NATO. It was predicated on preventing things like Putin is doing major powers from from invading smaller powers as long as unless it's the right larger power, you know, vis-a-vis the United States, Great Britain. Then it's totally OK. You know, uh, Latin America, Nicaragua, Falklands, uh, <coughs> Iraq. <clears throat> then it's OK as long as the UN's, but the U.N. will say so. It'll, the U.N. will give some go ahead that this can be done because of whatever threats. Right. That's the, you know, Putin just goes right in. He's, you know, he's still a member of the UN Security Council. Shouldn't Putin have gotten a resolution from the UN? No, he didn't do it. He violated all the principles of the UN Charter, just went right in. UN hasn't done anything about it. There has been no military response, which is the very predication of the UN to, to be able to do that. Or, you know, and so, oh, well, we put sanctions on him. Putin's basically called BS on the entire World War II, post World War II yeah, order.
1: Yeah, he has, he has, he. I, and again, uh, I, I agree with everything Ryan said, Father. Um, I not Putin apologist here. Same with James. I, he's a KGB thug. He's not the the global defender of all things in terms of uh, uh, traditional family values, but. But they don't, they're they also not like uh, chemically castrating their children in Russia right now. You don't have a lot of natural law problems happening in the open in Russian society right now. Uh, so it kind of seems to me like, I don't know, well, you got certain things right. And you're also the boogeyman. Ron Johnson, senator from Wisconsin, just said, The Russians will win. We have to face the reality. Russia will win. Ukraine will lose. We need to sue for peace. Right,
2: it, I mean, it's it's a conflict, and <clears throat> what a conflict actually means is people disagreeing with each other and, and couldn't find a, a solution by any other means, and so um, one, one had to you one had to resort to to violence in order to, to by force uh, to at least protect themselves um, from the things that they perceived to be threats. So you can't really blame Putin for that, or or any really leader, um, you know, when, when it comes to self defense. As as far as yeah, I mean, what Ryan was saying about the post World War II order, um, it is it is coming to an end, and and the problem is, is there's going to be a vacuum, and, and I mean, with all the uh, large world powers, with China, uh, Russia being backed by China and the United States, I don't know what we're going to do because our mo- our our money is is fake, <laughs> um, and all of our debt, uh, we'll see what comes from it. Buy some ammo.
1: Yeah, buy some ammo, uh, Alberto. Uh, transitioning to US buy a shotgun. To- so it 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 is conventional political wisdom that when in presidential politics in the USA, at least in the um, in in the in the phase where the party is selecting their nominee, right? If you're a governor or a senator from a state, you have to carry that state to save face. In other words, it would be hugely embarrassing not to win your own state, and that this is why. Um, Ron DeSantis dropped out because he realized there's no way that he can carry Florida against Donald Trump on Super Tuesday or whenever Florida votes. And so he got he bowed out before he lost his own state because that's like a lot that's like a vote of no confidence. He's the sitting governor for for crying out loud. So then you go to Nikki Haley. You go to South Carolina. She loses 60-40. She somehow says I got almost half the vote. Um she says she, I'm an accountant. And we need to put an accountant into the White House. Um, None of these things are true. And um, uh, Lord help us if we ever find an accountant at the White House, speaking as a former recovering accountant myself. Um, So I guess the point would be, I don't understand why she's still in the race. According to the standard playbook of American politics, she should be humiliated. She's not going to win any contests anywhere. There's something else going on. Oh,
2: no. You lost him. (laughs) They took him out. They took him out.
1: <laughs> we're,
2: we're just putting on the CIA.
4: <laughs> or the Haley the Haley campaign, maybe. They, they had the the Missouri uh, caucus today. Welcome we're back.
5: Get back uh, Major, I do have the video for Haley, if you want me to queue it up.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's get Alberto's reaction to it. Why is she still in?
4: She's, she's still in. Uh, officially, in the media, she says that she's still in because – She's the only alternative to Trump, and so it, it, she really has to be stopped. Now they post pictures of her rallies. Oh, it's a packed house tonight at Nikki, and it's like a restaurant, and then it, it's <laughs> there's a few chairs that are open. And then Trump posts pictures at his rallies, and he's at an, at an arena or a just completely open field with thousands of people. But she she's still in because they're, they they believe that they're going to be able to take Trump out, and then once he's out instead of allowing the Trump campaign to select someone to to follow up follow on, on Trump's uh, footsteps then it would be Nikki Haley that, it's very obvious that's oh, why okay hey, but that's she's... not what's
1: really going on here i mean there's something deeper here here's my view and you guys react to this she's only in because they're planning to sideline Trump with some other like po- political or judicial judo uh they're gonna have some judge disqualify him from the ballot they're gonna get him removed from the ballot he's gonna walk into the convention with all these delegates and then they're gonna steal the delegates from him or some other thing they're gonna jail him they're gonna take him off the general election that's the only reason she's in that's my view uh, they
4: they they, they may but if they do that you're right before the before the convention then there may not even be an election now if they do it during the during the convention then there may not even be an election in the sense that, if if everything turns out as we think that it that it may, if they try to take Trump out, this may be the last American presidential election. Unless we see the same thing and people just take it and so, "Oh well."
1: How do you win your first state?
3: I mean, it's amazing to say I haven't won a state yet. <clears throat> You've only had three states that have voted.
1: Well, it's not amazing. We need South to go Carolina's winner take all yeah It's not amazing. Actually, it's fantastically unremarkable that you have not won a state.
4: <laughs> well, she's she's going if she stays in the race, she's going to go 50-0. There's no way she will not win a single state. There's no, no. way.
3: No, no you're, you're right. I, I I agree with Mike. I know you I know you you're, you're, you're going to give the mic to me uh you know next Mike, but I'll just go ahead and jump uh in before you you do that. <laughs> um I agree with you. I initially had thought uh Ron DeSantis was the person that was sitting by waiting for all this litigation to go through and eventually handicapped Trump. And so he could swoop in and then get all those delegates, which uh, Trump legally um, won. Uh, It seems that uh, perhaps we spoke too soon or I spoke too soon. It's not, in fact, Ron DeSantis. It is, in fact, Nikki Haley. I can't pronounce her first name because it's too difficult it's got too many consonants in it, and I just don't remember what it is. But <laughs> we'll just stick to calling her Nikki Nimrada. It's,
1: uh, it's Nimrada. Yes.
3: Nimrada. Th- there we. There we go. So Nimrada was brought in as the person who could legitimately uh, claim uh, that uh, while well, she's been running all this time, and since uh, Trump is now, in fact, been made illegitimate by the courts, I legally have. Uh, due possession of all these delegates. That's really why she's in. So they are staking everything, uh, trying to buy time to see if uh, they can have a legal case uh, against Trump, which actually yields something so that Trump can be officially kicked off uh, all the remaining ballots. And then Nimrata can now be named uh, maybe soon before the convention or after the convention or during the convention as the de facto nominee.
1: I love it. I love it. I can't wait for President Nimrata Haley. I really can't, Ryan, because we're witnessing the end of democracy. This is it. Like this is this is the culmination, where you, where you have courts deciding who gets to run and who doesn't get to run, and Biden just falls off a stage and dies, and then heals. Harris, I don't know, gets some ver, ver, venereal disease or something. This right. is so exciting to me. Mind you, I'll,
3: I'll, we are a few steps behind Brazil, by the way, Brazil did this uh, to uh, 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 President uh, what's his name, B uh, oh shoot, what's President President Bolsonaro yeah, so did this to Bolsonaro uh, and basically now everybody who was against uh, the attacks laid out on Bolsonaro is now being summarily shut down, carried off to jail uh, imprisoned, we now have political asylees from Brazil. If you can imagine this, this is the same playbook they're using in so-called third world countries, slash, you know, uh, South America. They're using it here now for yeah. American citizens.
1: Is there any way could 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 we? Is there any chance still for Taylor Marshall to become the the nominee? <laughs>
4: but by, by the by the way, right. Bolsonaro's being prosecuted right now or investigated for harassing oh. a humpback whale. Are you serious? <laughs> this is where we're heading, by the way. They're going to persecute Trump for, to for something like Trump. this.
1: Humpback whales have rights. He he wait, was wait,
4: wait, wait. Dead, he was jet skiing and he harassed a whale. No, I'm not kidding, by the way. You can look it up. Wait,
1: what was, what was the name of that? What was the name of that woman that almost became the governor of Georgia? Are we talking about
3: her? Is Stacy he Abrams <laughs> <Is, is laughs>
1: Abram, the humpback whale that he harassed?
3: <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> Leave Stacy Abrams alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty He's sure. So- me, I'm pretty big, sure uh, NFL, kicker, well. NFL kicker,
1: NFL yeah. kicker, number seven, butt kicker, <laughs> could 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 pound a a 57 uh, yard field goal through the gap in her front teeth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you are not holding back today. <laughs> uh, this
5: is like the the guy, the president in the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. I'm referencing the book rather than the movie, although that was decent, but not not true to the spirit of the book. But uh, the, the president go, is a, go ahead. What's that? Said you
3: mean the one I slept
5: through? I said go ahead. Yeah, probably. the The book's a lot more fun. Uh, The president basically has been in jail several times, and whenever they need to attract attention, they prosecute him for some uh, other list of crimes that he's committed, and um, yet he's always still elected the president. You know, it it doesn't uh, matter until they need somebody else to get in, and it's all. And there's even one planet where, or or not that they they reference. Um, you know, where the guy's trying to explain uh, the main human characters, trying to explain how things work on earth politically. And he says, oh, it sounds like, it sounds like you got a lizard problem. And he's like, what lizards? Well, yeah, there's a lizard planet where all the people are ruled by a, a lizard. And, the, and he's like, oh, so they like the lizards? Like, no, they, they hate the lizards. Well, why do they vote for them? Well, they have to vote for him. Why? Because if they don't vote for him, a worse lizard will get in from the other group of lizards. So they have to vote for the other lizard that they hate. And he's like, well, what is a stupid wow. system? Why don't they just get rid of him? He's like, well, we could ask you the same thing about your elite class. Yeah.
4: Um, yeah. Well, yeah. that right, that's that sort of, not to go back to Russia, but that's sort of what Putin was saying in the Tucker interview. Well, the United States is evil because they're supporting Ukraine, who are Nazis. Hmm. It's like the same thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, fine. This is the point of the show where somebody said the word Nazi, so we have to change subjects. Speaking of Nazis, uh, Church Militant is now going out of business. Um, As it turns out, uh, they have to pay Father Dallaire uh, like a half a million dollars. They have announced in a court document that they are going, uh, they are ceasing operations at the end of uh, April. Um, That's all I know as of right now, or all I'm willing to say.
3: Can you start with the backstory of that uh, that court case? That's Brother? a fair point. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So yeah. very quickly on that, they 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 basically went after this guy named Father Dallaire. Uh He was he was one of the vicars in New Hampshire, and um, it turns out that the guy who went after him, who was behind the scenes working for Church Militant, that never wanted his name associated with him, is this snaky guy named Mark Ballastri. Mark Balistrier is the kind of canon lawyer who will represent both sides, take $10,000 from both sides and then like dump one later on and then never pay the money back. That's the kind of ethics that he has when he was served the lawsuit he like ran out into the woods in the back of his house to like r- run away from the process server and then suddenly he shows up 3 months later after being MIA and a default judgment entered against him and he goes to the court he's like hey judge i'm here and i'm innocent and then he and then he no shows again and then he gets another default judgment against judgment against him he's the kind of guy who uh, accepted a $65,000 hush money bribe from Michael Voris to like shut up about the Delaire thing now now Voris is is blaming Niles and Niles is making counter accusations about Voris. Anyway, the whole thing is just a sordid example of why you don't defame people. Uh, Because it ended up costing them a million dollars. As as people may recognize or realize or remember, they spent a million dollars defaming me and in court. So now you got $2 million uh, in defamation and it's just a whole thing. And now they're going under. Now, I will say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal anything that I know personally or, or, or any any other thing, but I don't think Church Millicent will go away. I don't think the brand will go away. I don't think the URL will go away. I do think that there is a good chance that it tries to reinvent itself under new leadership, which they had already tried with uh what's what's the gate N- Nightingale, Night Night <laughs> Night Night Crawler, what was his name? Nice, Nightstock, nice drum,
3: nice night drum would or like that. I'll cool. take yeah. it.
1: I would take Nightcrawler. Anyway, so um so Father Delaire, it turns out is like the is like the heir to a billionaire uh, estate of perfume manufacturers in France. And so they defamed the wrong guy because Delaire went after him ruthlessly. He settled out he settled out of court now with Church Militant with the author of the article and with Marc Ballastrieri, but he has not yet settled with Michael Voris. So it continues one-on-one. Both are gay men, by the way. Both are gay men who are now going back and forth in court, and they're going to destroy each other as we all sit here and eat popcorn here on the Rundown. Father Martin, what do you think about all this? Um,
2: it's also very interesting, too, because Mark Bellastry was the candidate defending the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, uh, Brother Andre Marie's group, um, in New Hampshire about a particular dogma extra ecclesiasticals outside of the church there is no salvation because father feeney had a particular understanding of this of this dogma that did not include i believe um the implicit desire that one may have to belong to the true church so if one is in the wrong church thinking it's the true church um there could be a possible baptism of desire and something um but nevertheless this group you know strives compl- to try to remain um, completely illicit and whatnot so um, they're working with the diocese and whatnot could, could even take even a even stronger head uh, now that those that they sought to defend them because Brother Andre had an interview with Michael Voris, you know, video and all that kind of stuff. Um, they're not out of the game. And now you have this lawsuit. So, or, so on screen, it, <clears throat> J.D. Flynn from The
5: Pillar, our friends at The Pillar, frenemies, <laughs> he pointed out that uh, Voris' lawsuit is still ongoing. Voris refuses to to settle. Because he, he, he refuses to give a very simple apology. I don't know how the monetary end would work out for Voris in that. But so he posted here a draft of, that Delaire's lawyers had made for Voris to to issue, which would be part of the settlement, and which would include him saying the highlighted portion there as the former See, And that's apparently Voris's highlight. As the former CEO of Church Militant, I accept full responsibility. And he says, "Absolutely not." (laughs) Wait, wait, Mike. Did everything I report is true? Isn't that what he said? Exactly. Again on the phone, and
1: I uh was told that everything Church Militant reports is true. I saw a back and forth where he says, well, no, actually, Christine Niles is in charge of the news desk, and I'm not in charge of church militant. I just am in charge of hiring good people, and the good people are supposed to do their jobs.
5: It's not his job to make sure the good people are doing their jobs? Uh, <laughs> man, I mean, but it's like, there's such a, a comedy of errors here in, in the incriminations Um Christine Niles is in line. I had nothing to do with this. I didn't, you know, do this. I, I was on the board, but I I didn't attend meetings. I ran the news. That's right.
3: I you know, I, 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 I haven't I seen what her
5: because she did if run the news, in which case, how is she not responsible for just checking in with Balastri and saying, Hey, uh, what what's your what are your sources for that article before we run it? You know, as right. so we need to make sure this is good as the news editor. It's also her job to make sure your legal malpractice, your, your, what is it? Your uh, defamation insurance, which is just as important to a media organization as malpractice is to insurances to a doctor or or an attorney, right? I have defamation insurance and I just republish books from the 19th century or translate books from the 16th century. But even I pay $200 a month for defamation insurance. Just
1: in case. That's a good thing. Hey, maybe. Hey, we should do a legal fundraiser for the rundown. Can we get <laughs> just get defamation insurance so that we could just say what we really think about everybody? Ooh, yeah, yeah dude, but then our
5: rates yeah. go up after we get sued. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: there's always that. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not dancing on Vors's grave right now. I'm, I'm just going to wait and see how this plays out because here's the thing: homosexuals are extremely clever. They always find a way to to, to come back. Uh, As far as I know, he still he still is in charge of the 501C4, which is church Militant, The uh, political action uh, fund has lots of money in it, so he may be losing control of the 501C3, which is St. Michael's Media, also known as church militant. Um, But I wouldn't put it past the, the guy to just come back and get into Republican politics as a log cabin Republican. I mean, why wouldn't he do that? At this point, a log cabin Republican in, in a in a 47th administration underneath Donald Trump would be extremely popular. Trump's gonna put faggots in the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: he possibly could. Yeah, absolutely.
5: Well, here's uh let me do this. So here's uh, another one again from the same uh JD Flynn. And of course it's sad
4: it's, it's sad that we're now uh agreeing with uh, JD McFlynn on this uh Gary the Ferry, but hey at least JD yeah. is not gay so I, well you, you know who
5: is though uh, it was the the story was first broken on um the platform formerly known as Twitter by one father G- Jimmy Martin FJ he's actually the one who broke the story and now of course all the uh lefties supporting sodomy they're gloating over it Show and it's one of those ones I'm kind of looking at. I'm like, how how seriously do I want to dance on on this? Because it's like I, we have principled reasons for why the Catholic National Enquirer should be is good to be out of business, and you know it's it's kind of a bad look to be on the same side as the uh, all the uh, gay supporting uh, figures in the on the left <laughs> now. But...
1: <laughs> we have the most base live chat in the history of uh, of the history of live chats. I'm just gonna say mm-hmm. it. But yeah, the, these, this is the note I was talking about. I didn't realize this was a public document. I thought this was somehow leaked. It's but part this, of the
5: court documents.
1: This is an email from Michael Voris where he says, I do not accept full responsibility because I am not fully responsible. Um, you know, The CEO does not vet, read, approve, or in any way be involved with article content unless it is brought to him by the news director, i.e. Christine uh, Nazi Niles. Now, here's the thing about this. When Voris called me, he said, everything that church militant has ever published is true because everything I say is true because I don't make mistakes. I'm an award-winning, Emmy-winning journalist, we said on our, uh, on our call. Um, that seems to fly in the face of this, uh, this email here. It's funny to me, though, that you have two homos that refuse to disarm. They will not settle with each other. Voris has indicated, or at least he's represented to the court. I don't know if it's actually true because he's a he's a perjurer and a liar, but he is he is probably perjured when he told the court, I can't afford an attorney and everything world's against me because of my HIV, and now I can't defend myself and I'm losing my house and all this. He has multiple houses. Anyway, this guy will not bury the hatchet. He will not because it goes against the fiber of his being to apologize. Just apologize. All Dallaire wants you to do is say, hey, you know what, Dallaire? We got it wrong. And everybody would respect Voris more if he just did that. Mm-hmm. But he can't. Because when you're a homo narcissist, when you are so in love with yourself that you have sex with other guys that look like you because you love yourself that much, when you're a homo narcissist and you're seeking out pleasure in dudes that look like you when you use the anus as a sex organ that you cannot back down from a legal fight and you can't accept any responsibility for anything
3: why are you gay <laughs> did you get it all did you get it all
1: out mike i feel get good it because i gotta You're i gotta good. log off in like 12 minutes so i got i had to get it You're out good. i had
6: so long gay boys <laughs> <laughs>
5: But there it is. And this whole document, too, is, is another you know case of it's everybody else's fault. It's not my fault. It's not. But you look at how intimately involved Voris was in the production of the news, boasted of this fact for years. It's just simply not credible that he had nothing to do with it, especially he was on the ground. He was organizing all of church militants reporting on the, the whole issue of the, the slaves in New Hampshire. He was uh, good people, by the way. I like them a lot. But Brother Andre and whatnot. But anyway, he's organizing all of this. It's impossible that he didn't know what they were going to run with, because that's all part of his Vortex reporting. It's all part. And of course, he's the one that comes out to report on. You know, he he talks about Delair in the Vortex. He talked about Delair in other places. So, you know, I mean, how is it that they're putting an article out that has serious assaults that have been now found in a court to be libellous and, and and contumely and wrong and false emphasis on the false and uh he, he didn't take the time to read balustrade's article and then go back to niles and say hey by the way i just can't make sure we get our ducks in a row what are the sources on this because that that's making up his video content that's making up their con their contents as they continue to report on the whole you know situation with the Slaves in New Hampshire. So the idea that he didn't know anything, it strains credulity. It it just yeah, doesn't. It's it is. just clearly I'm not at fault for anything. It's she did it.
1: I've got a I've got a confidential uh, source right now as uh, and I'm exercising my First Amendment uh, right as a as a citizen journalist right now to protect my source. But I have a source who has done plenty of work for Church Militant who's texting me right now, and this source has said has said when I did stuff for them. He, Michael Voris, was front and center, screaming, "Roll him! Roll him! Roll him!" That's how he imagines himself—the big, bad, macho news boss who takes it up the rectum. That's how he sees himself, and spreads HIV. Not to any of us. Well, no, not to him. No, no, yeah. I did. I I was going to ask him to wear a mask because during our deposition, it was like the monkeypox outbreak. So, (laughs) should have asked him to wear an extra pair of pants. (laughs) You're (laughs) ugly. All right. Here's what else has happened in the world this week? Lots of stuff. Can we talk about the Jews in Gaza real quick? I know it's kind of canceled, (laughs) but it looks like even it looks like even some Democrats now are being like, wow, I don't not sure about the proportionality of all of this. Could we please get a ceasefire as of today on Saturday? It looks like the U.S. is announcing there could be a ceasefire if Hamas agrees to it. But the Jews have agreed to a ceasefire underneath uh, Mm -hmm. underneath the pressure from the U.S. government.
5: All I have to say is, you know, join the U.S. military, ignite your career
1: you know you know <laughs> oh my gosh that can we talk about that real quick this guy yeah, set himself hurting, on fire man. he's an air force guy he set himself on fire outside of the outside of the Jewish console you're not going to uh,
5: show that video it's too horrific
1: it's horrible it's terrible he he ended up dying of, of his wounds uh, but he says I can't fight for I can't participate in a genocide and so he set himself on fire and he died now, a lot of people, including Catholics, Father Martin, are calling him a martyr. He is not a martyr. It doesn't count to be a martyr when you just set yourself on fire in front of a, <laughs> in front of a diplomatic building. <laughs> what for the to die for what for for Hamas? I mean, seriously, this guy or it's what are the conditions of being a martyr? Martyrdom well, isn't something that we choose. It's a crown that God puts on our heads.
2: Exactly, but you know, too, um, oh, man, just. Skip my mom, I was going to say, oh, back to the proportionality thing. Everybody needs to remember, and this is something that's completely foreign to Christians. Like we don't, we just don't, we don't study any other, any other religions. So we don't understand this fundamental concept that for Jews and Muslims, their morality, they don't have to treat what they consider pagans the same way they treat people of their own religion. So Muslims treat Muslims of the, you know, a, a particular way. And then everybody else that's not Muslim, they, they treat like crap. Jews, same thing. They treat Jews. You know, with with charity, uh, with kindness, whatever they treat them all the same way. But then anybody else, they treat like crap. And so when it comes to like international law, talking about proportionality, that's not something they actually believe in. You know, morally, religiously, they can they can treat others like crap. And so those Christians that are saying, oh, you know, this this guy's are martyr, all kind of stuff, they don't understand that other other religions are operating based on their own their own religious principles to just go all out and and, and kill anybody because well they're Muslim anyway. Um, or they're Christian anyway, because these are, these are Jews doing it. So that's another thing that, need, that more people need to come to terms with to, to realize is that Muslims and Jews don't need to treat Christians like, like they would Muslims or Jews. Can,
1: can I just interject with like a little side a little side comment here just because I, I just find it to be so hysterical. So Paris is supposed to host the Olympics, but they have this massive – outbreak across the city of bedbugs and lice like like it's like paris is a wash in it and it's also a wash in other cultural enrichers as well and uh we're not supposed to draw the link between the fact that they can't host the olympics because there's too many freaking bedbugs and lice <laughs> <running around Paris>. <laughs> sorry <laughs> I hate to I know you made a really good theological point, Father, and it's true. And this, when, when you commit suicide, you die and you go to hell, and you're and you're denied ecclesiastical burial because you're presumed to be in hell. You're not supposed to commit suicide. We're supposed to like you take the usurers and the suicides and the faggots, and you and you take them all over here and you just bury them away from the Christians. Uh, this guy commits suicide uh, for the Palestinians. I guess uh, he's not a martyr. I mean, he's in hell.
5: God forbid, but probably. I mean, there is there is room for somebody who's properly not in control of their faculties that, that really is, you know, mentally insane, or somebody who's completely drunk off his rear end and is playing with a gun and blows his brains out or something. Obviously, that's not the act of suicide in those cases, but that is it, they they blow that up to such an extent where now they have the idea, well, well, nobody would in their right mind would commit suicide, so it's all okay. And it's like, no, that that's actually not the case. A lot of pe- people who are mentally ill in one way or another know precisely what they're doing. Some people, because they're narcissists and they're gaslighters and they're trying to control other people, will threaten suicide. Maybe they even mean to go through with it because they're gonna hurt, and they they, they do. They, I'm gonna hurt this person. I'm gonna hurt that person. And I mean, suicide is one of those things that I I take really seriously, because when I was a teen, I was very troubled. I tried to commit suicide seven times. A couple of those were just because I didn't want to go to public school the next day. But um, and thanks be to God, they didn't work. And I I wasn't in the faith at the time. I didn't know, at least as far as suicide. I just didn't want to suffer, you know, being a a preteen and then a teen in public schools. I couldn't take it. But. You know, so I, I know what the motivation is. There was a level where I knew it was wrong and I just decided it was a benefit. I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know who God was. And then when I did, but I wasn't Catholic yet, I still, you know, there was a sense, a natural law sense that I knew something about this was wrong. It's so why I had to struggle to do it because your natural senses push against it. They push away from that. And so it's, it's one of those things when I see people trying to make defenses for this, it pisses me off because, you know, maybe this guy wasn't thinking things through and he thought he'd make a political statement. Maybe it was half hearted and he just went and did it. Maybe he was serious. He meant to put it to kill himself. I don't know, but he's not. I mean, apart from the fact he's not, because being a martyr one is to be a public witness for your cause for Christ to be a true martyr. Right. Uh, I don't know what this guy's religious status or whatever. I mean, in a secular sense, the way the term martyr is now taken and accommodated to a secular sense, then the merely suffering something for a cause makes you martyr in a secular sense. So he's again considered a martyr for the cause of Palestine. It doesn't matter if he's doing it for Palestinian Christians. You can't light yourself on fire and kill yourself, and even his own natural senses at the moment he did it.
1: What if you have God, been- something wrong? What if you have lice and bedbugs? Can you light yourself on fire to burn them? But then right. the, the principle of the double effect is like, well, I didn't mean to kill myself. I was trying to kill the bedbugs. Well,
2: that's, in, in reality, that's, that's, that's a very good point. Because, you know, jumping out of a building, people will say, oh, yeah, that's totally suicide. But what if that building on fire and jumping out of the building is the only way to survive? So right. you have to take all the circumstances. I'll break out. my legs
5: and make it Maybe I'll die. But I'm exactly. certainly going to die here. That's not suicide. Or
3: exactly.
5: Well, then you
2: have other, here's a harder
5: case. Uh, you take someone like Rommel, for example, who was Catholic, and he had, he, he was too friendly with Stauffenberg at one point, so he came under suspicion, and just being a good military man, told Hitler, the Allies are not going to Corsica, they're going to Normandy, that way they can liberate France, that's the that's the best way to liberate France, because they take control of the centers of power in Paris and, and in Normandy, and Hitler's like, no, 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 no they're, they're going to go to Corsica, so all the yes men are lining up behind the Fuhrer, nobody wants to be seen as the guy standing out saying, yeah, no. And Rommel is just a military guy. He's like, hey, it's not happening. So he incurs the displeasure of the Fuhrer and he's told he's got to take the cyanide pill. Uh, And that way his family would not suffer. So Rommel looks at it and he knows his family will be protected if he takes the cyanide capsule. So he does. Um, Those are mitigated. Now, is it still a sin? Yes, because you can't do evil. That good will come of it. You can't commit suicide in the hopes that you will, you know, save and preserve, um, you know, your family's life. But does that lessen it? Does that mitigate, you know, to to a venial sin, especially if you're not, you don't want to take your life. You're hoping to obtain this good end. It's still a sin. Is it a mortal sin? You know, I I guess I'll let the moral theologians debate that, but it seems like that's a mitigating circumstance, but it's still
2: a sin. You still can't do it. I mean, here's the reality too. St. John drank wine with poison in it, right? Mm-hmm. Was that sinful? Was that a sin? Mm-hmm.
5: Based on who St. John was and his, his absolute faith and reliance on our Lord, he probably put it to the trust in God at that point. Well, I mean, point. he blessed it and drank it and, and
2: nothing happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so. These pills could also could also not work for, for one reason or another, you know? Uh, St. Norbert.
5: You know, at the time anyway, it was assumed that all spiders uh, were, you know, because all spiders are are venomous. Not all their venom hurts humans, but uh, generally it was felt that, you know, a spider will kill you. And a spider jumped in the chalice and to protect the sanctity of the the precious blood, he drank it all with the spider, even knowing he
3: could die from
5: it. You know, just, again, trusting in our Lord and and not wanting the the precious blood to be profaned and and making sure, again, you don't want to go out and find the spider and burn it. (laughs) And so it is a greater sacrifice that a lover already drank it with the stupid spider in it, even though that could kill
2: him. Maybe
5: it could have. I don't know. It depends what spider it
3: was. But...
2: That's, so that's looks... Paul for is to keep keep anything and everything out
5: of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Mike contributed the bed bugs. Um, I don't know, we want to get in. a. I don't have the videos loaded up for france uh, i've got a ton of videos of uh, cultural enrichers how they treat the native population there's one video with uh, a bunch of uh, i'm guessing they're algerians i could be wrong um or rwandans or whatever where the predominant group of uh, black islamic immigrants in france are and uh, there's a pregnant woman on a bus they wanted the seat. they threw her off the bus took the seat the uh, oh, cultural oh, enrichers. Smart, yeah
2: man well, once the they they vote for all this stuff, it's like you know, it's, especially the working class. It's it's those that are in the cities, those that would ride uh, ride the the metro, the the public transportations. It's those that are that are voting for open borders. It's not the people out in the countries who have you know, um, they're out in the countries. It's the people that are in the cities. The cities are the plague. That's why the cities are always plagued because the cities themselves are the plague. So it's like. Hard, hard to have so, much, so yeah. much sympathy.
5: It's like you need a the system of the electoral college to balance out the the electorate so that you don't have the most populous states running the country mm-hmm. in perpetuity. It's almost like you need an electoral college within the state. It's actually one of the biggest weaknesses in the U.S. Constitution is it uh, doesn't take any notice of cities. You know, it doesn't give any rights, protections, or, or legal status to cities. So a city, a township, whatever exists, by a charter from the state government. So, you know, you'd think that um, a a smarter system would have been uh, if you took the, the, this, you know, the state and then you had some kind of electoral college system where, okay, if a law is going to be enacted, it's got to be signed off by two thirds of the counties or, you know, the townships or however, what is the most equitable way to do it? So that you you have a state like Oregon where, you know, 90% 90% of the towns and cities in Oregon do not like the politics that are dominant and in control forever in Oregon because of Portland and Eugene, right? And we're going to be facing a similar situation in Idaho. We're up here in the panhandle. We're going to be dealing with what goes on down in Boise, which is increasingly a Democrat city. And that's where, you know, the politics are decidedly to the left and for, for a lot of the, even though that might not be left enough in a, for liberals in other states it's, you know, it's still there. Texas, you look at Austin, right? Most of the places in uh, Texas, they do not like what's going on in, in in Austin, but because it's more populous, you know, there's there's a lot more control and whatnot. So, um, Alberto or James, who wants to weigh in on that, that notion? Should uh, towns and cities be able to overrule what the, you the, know, should townships and counties be able to overrule what the liberal cities are doing?
3: That's a <clears throat> That's a hard question to, to answer because you you almost, you almost want to look at uh, why the makeup is is the way it is. It's just, I mean, when you have a populous uh, town or city, and you, you just mentioned uh, Austin, I, I happen to, to live within uh, or rather I worked within city limits of uh, Austin and I live just a few uh, maybe about 20 uh, plus minutes away from Austin. And everything that came out of Austin had the propensity to to ruin the entire state, you know. Um, And uh, Austin being the capital of Texas, also, you have a lot of uh, you know nonsense going on um, around there. And it's just the question I would like to ask is how how is it that uh, people are being uh, either paid to move to Austin, bribed to run for office? And then, uh, you know, that's where we want to focus our attention is how these people, you know, what sort of jobs are they, are they you know, uh, having that's bringing them there. You have the, the uh, tech industry, of course, is big there, but uh, right, right, right alongside of these tech industries, you have, uh, you know, people who are just so far left leaning. They are moving from California to Texas, setting shop there. But I want to know how uh, all the money is being controlled in, in politics. And you have a lot of source agents in these in these places because they know that's the seat of power. Um, so my question is not so much, uh, well, you know, how 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 do we parse the uh, electorate, you know, or, or rather the uh, electorate out there, so that we can actually have fair laws? But then this includes other people chiming in. If it's if it's I believe if it's a capital city, then yes you can now say well there's a stipulation here if you're changing laws this is a capital city and people have a right uh within who live in the, within the state to, to vote here so we we'll, so we'll turn uh capital cities like um you know uh austin into cities where policies have to be voted on by everybody who is in fact a resident of that state i'm in favor of that uh, but as far as uh cities like boise um, well, not necessarily Boise. Um, what's a uh, non-capital like uh, San Antonio or um, uh, you know New York City? You know, uh, for instance, the capitals in Albany. Well, that's just too bad. And, you know, the, the people in uh, New York City ha- have to grapple with you know whatever policies they're putting in place that's causing their their uh, politics to 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 create a worse situation for uh, people. For people who live there, you know, I mean, is there, was there, is there a middle ground there? I mean, that's kind of what I think it should be the middle ground.
4: Yeah. Well, there there should also be simply a little bit more of a restriction to where right now, if you move from a town to from a city to a town or from a town to a city, you can immediately get registered to vote uh, pretty much and then immediately be able to vote that's even right. in the local that's elections. Right. Yeah. So what, what I would say, and, and this is pretty, I mean, pretty much everywhere, not only in the United States, everywhere in the West, as far as I know. Yeah but w- yeah, why not a- why, why not have more restrictions you should be have to wait at least a few years before you can vote in the in whatever elections within the city because then that's how we have a lot of
5: mm-hmm.
4: a lot of uh, right that 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 must have been one of the ways in which austin went from being just the capital of texas sure a city in texas to being a, a very big city now and also a very right. liberal place
5: right yeah there should but be makes- there should be like a, a blo- you know like an anti carpetbagger law Essentially, that says, you know, at least at least uh, because voting is guaranteed by the 14th, Amendment, 14th or the 13th, 13th Amendment. You can't get around the voting. You can't restrict someone's right to vote just because they moved to a new city, unfortunately. But the laws, I think you should. But at least the right to run for office, though, that's one. You shouldn't be allowed to run for office until you've been in a place for five years, honestly. And even I had another idea, too. It's like, all right, you can't take away the right to vote. But. Maybe put something in where you come in the state, you got to pay the tax rate in the state you were in for like three years and it graduates down to if it, you know, to to what it was where it graduates up. Maybe that'll encourage you to go back if you don't like it or whatever, but if it's worth it, you'll pay it. But you you know, if you're coming from California and you come to a place like Idaho or to um in any other Texas or wherever, you've got to pay the tax rate you paid in California. And you got to pay it for so many years and then gradually it, it, it drops off <laughs> and then you come down to your local tax rate. So now you're looking at, uh, oh, I actually like living here. Maybe I don't want to change stuff. But, you know, maybe that's something that that should be. I don't know. That's a thought that I kind of had on, on that end. Is like just some way to get people aware of, hey, we're in a new place. Maybe we don't want to vote with our old politics. Maybe we we'll want to adopt the new politics where we're at because it actually is better here.
4: And and you have it a lot with with people moving, even countries. You go from Mexico then to the United States, and then you're immediately wanting to change the systems there. And it's not even in in a Catholic way, but in a a liberal way. I don't like this place because of this or that. And it's like, well, you just got here.
3: Yeah, I'm in favor of what uh, Alberto is uh, proposing in the sense that uh, if you're moving from one uh, place to the other, when you get to that other place, uh, you should be... You shouldn't be allowed to uh, uh, basically cast your opinion uh, when it comes to votes as to how that place should be run. Uh, you should be given uh, some sort of uh, time to consider. You know, you're moving there. Well, how much? Uh, how much of a consideration did you have before you moved there? And w- will you be staying as long enough for you to get? You know. Uh, to, long enough to be given that vote. You know, do you, care, do you care more long-term for viability of that particular city in which you're living? And that makes sense if you're living out there and you don't, you don't vote, you're not allowed to vote. You know, uh, that's, I think that's, I think that's fair. Much like when I first immigrated, or rather when I first immigrated to this country, uh, you know, I wasn't given a legal right to, to vote in order to change the laws here. I've had maybe five, 10 years, first of all, you get you go through the permanent residency, uh, you know, uh, 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 ladder, and then after that, you jump into the uh, citizen, sorry, uh, citizenship, and, you know, that takes time. And, then, you know, people who just want to come into a city or state and change things right away, they're the ones who are the biggest... Uh, frustrations for uh, those localities that have to deal with changing laws, which you know, before the body of people, because of the tech industry, basically, uh, which tech industry can I pick on? Moves uh, from California. I, would say, I mean, uh, shoot, there are a lot of them, but basically, they, they move people from California to Texas, and then Texas starts uh, wondering why they're turning a certain, uh, you know, uh, way as far as politics goes. Mm-hmm. And if you have a stay on people voting uh, when they move right away, then that at least uh, reduces the uh, or, or rather uh, decreases the speed at which things change mm-hmm. and uh, makes, makes it easier for them to decide, well, this is where I want to be. And you know what? I don't really like this place. And so I'm moving out. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah. So people might say, well, you know, you're just somebody from voting. Well, it's a risk you, you take when you move from one state to the other or from one country to, uh, to another. You're disenfranchised, you know, for, for a short while, you know, and then things change.
5: I got to point out before we continue, there's some chat in the live chat. When I spoke about the example of Rommel a minute ago, I looked into this. I was actually mistaken. So I've got to point out that I was wrong. Wasn't Rommel? I was thinking of Rommel Hurtler, as White Wolf correctly points out, because Rommel was killed in a cheap battle. And I just looked that up, and that's right. So I, at some point, I must have mixed them up in my head.
3: But anyway, wow, so you're allowing White you're, you're allowing White Wolf to get the win here.
5: Yeah, well, he has to. I mean, he's, he does have the W, unfortunately. So I got I, I was wrong. So anyway, so just before <laughs> we so anyway, continue back on on voting. Um, I mean, I'm not jazzed about voting anyway. I think limiting it is better. Honestly, just a property sure, of sure. people. Uh, and, and I think, I mean, Chesterton has this great line about the, the best way to, to keep actual politics is to keep the politics local. That way you could kick the politician when he does something wrong or else hang him from the tree. And how terrible it is to contemplate how few politicians have been hanged. Uh, one of the other things he says in that essay is that the um, you know average people are working their jobs. They don't have time to engage in politics but a politician he's waiting for it he's waiting for that opportunity to jump in and he'll you know he'll sell himself to whomever in order to keep himself in place and you, you look at how democracy worked in Athens uh, you kept running your businesses you kept whatever it was you, that your your income came from you did that and you would be elected largely at random because they they had a you know, chart and everyone who's on the rules as property owning citizens would have their names put in a slot and they drop these white and black marbles down. And if uh, you got one of the white ones, you were elected like every three months to run the city state, you know, with the, the, the general, you know, democracy. Even then, they still had to put a control on it. So again, it, it wasn't just the assembly of the clinics where everyone just shouts kind of like in a big Swiss canton and you're counting hands on some measure. Right. It was, uh, you know, you had that, and then you had, you know, the Council of Ten up in the Areopagus that kind of governed how that was going, and then you had the Archon, who was like an honorary position at first, and see Pericles more or less dominates the city life, uh, leading into the Peloponnesian War. But prior to that, you know, the Athenian democracy worked because it was purely at random. You didn't canvass for votes, you didn't run for election, and while you were, you know, running or while you were you held office. You, had to, you know get certain things that people didn't like how you held office. they had a means not just to get rid of you, but to exile you from the city itself, the Ostracon and then you'd be ostracized. you know they they take your you know name write your name on pieces of pottery and throw it in the the ostracon and whoever had the most votes would be exiled for 10 years, which i I wouldn't mind bringing that back for for our politicians anyway. <laughs>
3: yeah
5: absolutely. Anyone else want to jump in?
2: Voting is faking gay. <laughs> where, where, where did Ryan go? Ryan goes. <laughs> I, I guess I guess he loves voting, but now he's an anarchist. <laughs> Maybe he went out to go cast a ballot. Yeah, I,
4: I had I had to go refill my my glass
2: oh, there, i just, just, just want to say i just want to I, I just, I, didn't, I didn't
6: didn't, just, chug, just make, just make sure
2: i don't vote democrat whenever i'm dead just me <laughs> yeah, exactly
5: so i'm doing this at home and so i had a toddler incursion i had to prevent
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: still ongoing it would seem
3: but <laughs> you say you said you, you say that <laughs> Toddler what?
5: Toddler incursion. No.
3: Again, <laughs> toddler incursion. <laughs> yeah,
5: it's my youngest that's son's great. birthday t- uh, party today. His birthday was on Wednesday or Thursday. No, Wednesday. It's right. Um, Leap years throwing me off. But um anyway, and so so today is a party a little bit later. And so they're supposed to be watching him, but he escapes uh, vigilance of older kids at various points. So uh, all I know about? is we didn't get an invite. you're you're welcome to make uh it'll be over by the time you get here
6: (laughs) um let's do this good evening and welcome to tucker carlson tonight middle earth edition now as any honest and decent person knows sauron is not a figure to be taken unconcernedly this wasn't up for debate even a few years ago but all of a sudden You've got militarized Nazgul patrolling the Shire and threatening the ability of its citizens to travel freely. So why are some of Middle-earth's residents, namely Saruman the White, signing off on it? What's really going on here? Four unassuming hobbits, not warriors, not politicians, are embarking on a journey that would daunt even the most seasoned adventurers. Why? Because when the fabric of freedom is threatened, it's the duty of every citizen to stand up to tyranny. Period. When did we forget how to say, well, actually, no, you can't just enslave the whole world. Sorry, that's not how things work. And let's be clear, these hobbits aren't delusional. They don't believe they can defeat such darkness on their own. But we all get the sense that they understand that standing up to evil, no matter how insurmountable it seems, is what separates the moral from the cowardly. Anyone with a pulse and two brain cells can't help but feel inspired by a story like this. Courage isn't just a word. It's the pillar on which every civilization worth remembering is built upon. The moment we forget that is the moment that evil wins.
5: So from my understanding, um, oh, no, that very thing was produced by AI. Oh really? Yeah, I mean, I could I could tell, I could tell right off the bat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean the yeah, AI are Lord the Rings, obviously, but then even then, um, AI Tucker Carlson. The AI wow. wrote the script.
4: Yeah, the, the AI voices are really improving by the day. They're they're if I if I didn't know that AI producing these things was even a thing, I would I would probably just been like, okay, yeah, that's Tucker Carson.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, this is this is going to be a huge, huge problem, even in in, I mean, the court of law. I mean, you can take that voice, AI voice, present it as evidence or whatever. Say, hey, look, this person said this. I,
6: I wonder
4: if I wonder AI if uh, I wonder if AI will be uh, as repulsed by homosexuality as the demons are.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it's, it, well, it, it's certainly not uh, repulsed by. Uh, oh, never mind. I have to censor myself. I have to. <laughs> I was going to say something I shouldn't say. Indeed, never mind. This is your month, or no, your month's over.
5: Sorry, (laughs) it's it's already
3: (laughs) over. (laughs) But it's it's interesting how we're talking about AI, right? You know, but we we also have to remember that, uh, you know, people are sitting behind the uh, keyboard and programming this thing. And we've seen how now, uh, Google was being ridiculed in the last week and a half for putting out, uh, you know, its own version of AI that basically was rewriting history to remove people of European descent from any recorded history. And instead putting in its place people of uh, af- of African uh, persuasion, uh, rewriting them into the history of the uh, European uh, uh, past. And so this is very interesting how uh, people are now starting to see, well, maybe this is, Uh, Crazy idea that uh, we're trying to rely or rather trying to force ourselves into the future, relying on artificial intelligence. You know, who who will watch the watchers? You know, you you spit in, uh, you know, or rather you put in something into or a computer prompt into the system and you're going to get the result that you have programmed. That's just the reality of it.
5: and that's largely what they've done when you when you see you see these things where people go to whether it's chat gpt or some of these other right. ai modules and they say you know is um what being white worse than genocide and the the machine saying this is hard to say because it's been right. to, the machine has been programmed that you know uh pale and male is stale to use the the, right. the, Hollywood, the Hollywood DEI expression that's that's going around now, and that that white being white whiteness is a problem and it's dangerous and it causes genocide and it causes these things and um, it's it, it's a prevailing narrative you're going to see more of and attempting to rewrite the history because it's meant to provoke a reaction. And,
4: and well, they, they and the they world. figured they figured out early on that people were asking uh, some questions about math and uh, ovens and uh, energy and all that stuff and the math wasn't if, if you know you know and the math wasn't adding right. up so they were like all right we have to put some censorship into this thing or otherwise it's going to radicalize people because you're a- supposed to be asking a machine that is completely unbiased <laughs> and so people yeah, were asking like, questions exactly. and, and and they had to to censor that
3: <laughs> yeah eventually have to censor it
4: yeah
5: well you do you can't have uh you know too much truth coming out but uh, although they they don't have it completely locked locked in because you can uh, some intrepid people during the whole google gemini uh thing they uh well come up with this
2: (laughs) <laughs> Wait, where, where's Lofton's picture? <laughs> oh no, watermelon Sammy's <laughs>
3: Yeah. So,
2: but you me, know the story of when I was in college working at a grocery store, I was in the produce department, and an African American came in, walked up right up to me because I was in the produce department, and asked me where he could find watermelon and fried chicken. <laughs> Like I just looked at him because I, I I've seen the Dave Chappelle, but I just looked at him like this guy can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> <Really> <laughs>
5: you think it's a Dave Chappelle skit, but, but then you see things. Um, I think it was last year or the year prior, it was in New York. A school district was getting in trouble because it served fried chicken and waffles on the first day of black history month. And I'm thinking, damn. Uh, give me some then. Uh, you give it all to me. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, somehow, again, because you got to invent what's racist and what's not. And, oh, exactly. Um, just to keep uh, keep the zeitgeist going in the direction they want to go, which is, again, dividing us from each other, making everybody upset with each other, getting everybody angry, getting an entitlement sense among certain populations that you will never give anything to but make your willing slaves. Create division with everyone else. It's uh it's, it's actually amazing how much they've gotten away with it and people just don't call it like like for during during the unspecified virus of unspecified origin, there was a thing stop Asian hate. But you were never allowed, allowed to talk about who's running up in and beating up Asians in the subways, who's beating up Asians on the street corners. Who is doing that? You're not allowed to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, much like um, you know, illegal immigrant. Kills uh, the, from somewhere in Latin America, kills a, a local citizen, and the cops are there. Well, it uh, wasn't the fault of illegal immigration. It was Trump's fault for this, or, or whatever, that they, they're out there you're reading from their script because it is scripted. It is meant to. And then, people, and then people react to it. Oh, see, all these source control DAs. It's like, and then you're falling right into line with your part of the script by reacting to it because that's what they want. They want you constantly going out, reacting and getting upset, getting angry instead of trying to improve things, instead of trying to counter the revolution, because that's the thing. We are in the grips of a cultural revolution like the cultural revolution in China. It just hasn't got to the shooting part yet.
2: Yeah. And there was also that, that I mean, a new story of a, of a student from the University of Georgia that got abducted and and killed by an illegal immigrant. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, if you don't. You just need to tell your daughters not to go out running alone Sim- simple as i mean it's a different age uh-huh. different time i know it's a grave inconvenience all that kind of stuff get her instead get her a uh, a membership to a gym where she can go on a treadmill all that kind of stuff don't don't let her go running out alone because these things happen is precisely when girls go running out alone do not let your daughters go running outside by themselves it, it's long. not even
3: it's it, yeah it's not even a question about girls i mean in general it's uh, if you're a female you should not think for yourself that how you know that when you swallow the feminist lie about how great everything is for you and then you forget your actual uh, the weaker sex then you do things like this you know and it's it's the worst uh, thing that people can assume um And going into uh, the idea that uh, if you're running down the street, you know, somebody who is uh, out there to do anybody harm is going to watch you run by them without trying to attack you is ludicrous, you know. Um, And so people are, I mean, what was the name of that uh, lady, uh, Chandra Levy, who went running in Washington, D.C., you know, totally disappeared, you know. And this is, I mean, and they, I guess years later, they they, they they, say it was an illegal immigrant. I don't know, it's Washington DC, anything happens. Um, or uh, several people, several young ladies who went out uh, hiking, uh, and I forget which country it was. They went out hiking in some country, uh, not America, uh, some, someplace else. May, may, it may have been even in the Middle East, they went out hiking and they ended up uh, dead, you know? uh we, we, we seem to be so infiltrated by feminism that we don't use our common sense anymore you know and then this affects daughters wives you know uh it's just it's it's absolutely it's actually crazy
1: voilà bien fait bien fait bien
3: fait bien fait bien fait bien fait
5: And then, uh, yeah, the peaceful uh, cultural enrichers will do that to you.
0: Or the government. So this letter was from the council, and yeah. you got this on the 12th of January. You moved in in November, didn't you? Yeah. And, and, and you got this letter. And just, just spell out what this letter says. That letter says that they, because the property is derelict, that they can compulsory purchase it. If there's any repairs to be done in it, they could take it off the price. Of the property. Yeah. And these properties are for migrants. Uh, it's what absolutely they want these for. Extraordinary, isn't it? And how did you feel when you got a letter? You moved into your new wonderful home, you settled down, law abiding citizens, yeah. and you get a compulsory purchase order from the council accusing you of occupying a derelict home. How did you feel when you got this? After paying 200,000 for it, we didn't feel very well. No, it must have been one hell of a shock, mustn't yeah. it? It was an awful shock. And when I got that, I felt sick. And When I went down, we went down to the council the day we got that letter, after we read it. And the lady in there, she said, don't worry about it, it's just a standard letter. We have been so hollowed out as a nation, we've turned our backs entirely on the territorial integrity of this country, to the point where it's become standard. Why to repossess they, houses. But why, why is this always that it's for the immigrant and not the indigenous population? Yeah. Well, veterans are sleeping rough. Yeah. 16,000 in veterans. In terrible are, weather. Absolutely. Um, they can't get put in hotels or on a baby stuck home. There is a daylight um, charity, daylight centre charity in, in, in Wellingborough, which looks after homeless people who are sleeping rough. And they spend £630 per annum per head. Illegal migrants get paid 50000 pa- mm-hmm. They get spent on them £50,000 per annum per head. And here we have the evidence of it in this letter. They wanted your lovely new home. Yeah. Unbelievable. So in case you
5: didn't know, I know you did but <laughs> The 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 UK has been going on that for... You know for years setting up the framework for that but you think in this country eminent domain and one of the dumbest things the founders put in the constitution frankly i mean you should just be able to if it's good enough and the community says yeah we do need a road here then you could put it to a vote and then the person concerned can negotiate and get a fair price but the way they put it in government can just come and say yeah we're taking this property because it's for the public good and uh and of course the supreme court basically said the public good is whatever you want so that you can take homes and, and demolish them and give it over to a corporation because they're going to put buildings in there that'll increase the tax revenue or whatever. And that's in the public interest. And that was in Vermont, uh, Vermont case. And that is now the law of the land. The government can take your home for whatever reason they want to pay you whatever they deem to be the correct price and uh, for whatever purposes so they can, take it from you to stick migrants in and all your work and everything you built up, you know, it's, uh, taken away. So some you know, some people say, well, you just got to obey the law.
2: Do we, Father Martin? I mean, it's not amounting to much anymore. Those in power exercise their power. They expect you to uh, think that you have some sort of reasonable defense to the judicial system and, They know they're going to charge you an arm and a leg for that reasonable defense. And so ultimately you end up losing. What's, what's how's the, how how do we, how do we fight back? Well, actually the most effective means is usually economic boycotts and whatever else. Um, Hmm. Usually violence isn't the, isn't the first thing or even the most effective. That's the thing is the question is what's most effective. Um, I mean, you can, you can try speaking with your votes or whatever, but votes are only half real, half fake. Um, but usually I mean when you speak with your money when you when you prove to them when you prove to them that you're willing to make extreme sacrifices to your daily life like not shopping at a cer- certain store's not enjoying certain uh, 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 anyway. um, in that reaction but uh, <laughs> you know, when you' when, when, when you prove to them that you're willing to make serious sacrifices in your daily life, they get scared because they depend and this is why they they you know, They, uh, you know, like like in Iraq, they flooded pornography into Iraq or whatever else because it makes them effeminate and uh, makes them, you know, want to live a comfortable life. When you prove to them that your comfortable life is not the most important thing in your life, that's when they get scared. That's when they get scared because that's what they're depending on to control you is your comfort. And so the economic economic boycotts are actually the most efficient because they, they that is you showing them that you're willing to renounce the comfort in your daily life for higher principles and and unfortunately a lot, a lot of our people are i mean we did that with i guess with bud light but i mean there's always other other brands right but those kinds of things well people did that with bud
5: light and went and bought negro modello or something which is owned by the exact same company
2: right 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 but you know even even then it still makes some sort of effect like they, they still panicked mm-hmm. Like they went and bought bought travis kelsey and taylor swift to try to you know recreate that brand I and mean, right. it cost them a lot of money but nevertheless, I mean, yeah, we can get smart about who owns what, but nevertheless, these economic boycotts um, are what what scares them the most because they prove to them that our comfort isn't the most important thing.
4: That's a great point, Father, and, uh, and I had never put it that way, but usually when you see people out in the in the media that have been arrested by the government, you know, the for example, the pro-life advocates recently that were arrested by the government, it's usually going to be celibate men that are religious that have given up their life and have made the decision or family men because i mean most of the that's that i know ryan and and james you guys know this some sometimes you don't you most days really you don't even sleep in whatever would be your bed you sleep in or you don't get any sleep at all you wake up and this or especially when you have young children so you you sacrifice a lot and uh, of course Religious religious men make that decision to sacrifice their entire lives, but you never see single guys that that are just out and about making any of these sacrifices and and being put out there as being somebody that's an example, because you are not. So in a lot of cases, in in the millennial generation and in the Gen Z world, they're they're not making decisions out of comfort, and then years go by and they and they and then they look back and they they regret it. I have a lot of cool. friends like that. I have a lot of friends that don't make any sacrifices. They earn their, they do their, their job, they make money and then they go to the club or go to whatever they, whatever they want to do. But you can't do that whenever you've made a commitment. Uh, And so that's, that's what it's, it comes down to me. As you said, father, well, you give up Bud Light. I don't even really understand how people can drink Bud Light. I think I've had it maybe like once or twice and it's absolute. And I'm not, I'm not even a, I'm not a beer snob. I mean, actually this gin right now, it's like Costco gin. So whatever. But Bud Light is disgusting. I don't know how people drink that. So,
5: yeah. even, even Budweiser, I, I can't. One time I'd had about four or five of some imported dark beer. And I said, you know, now's a good time to stop. And I said, you know, I wonder if the whole biblical maxim will prove true with uh, Budweiser. You know, you've had so much, you don't know what you're drinking, so you drink it. So I took a, a sip of uh, Budweiser. I spit it out. It was so vile. I just and at that point being four or five, then at the point where are like, yeah, we're good. I couldn't drink it. I wouldn't drink it. So it it just it's I don't know if you like it. Well, I guess have fun with that. <laughs> it's, it's not my. It's not anything I'm gonna drink. So port, on the other hand, but let's. Uh, I mean, I guess we could beat this subject to death all day on the immigrants does anyone have anything to add or do you want to move on to something else
4: just really quick on on the whole immigrant thing so the, in the video in the clip that that we played here the ma- the gentleman tells the lady well oh so, pardon the, the other way around well they're giving the illegals all these benefits and then okay well in it's it's actually ironic because in the at least i don't know if it's similar with with uh nigerian immigrants james but with, in the mexican world there's a it's kind of a running joke. Well, yes, you came to the country legally and you just have to make for yourself, basically, which is perfectly fine. But if you're an illegal, you get a whole bunch of benefits. And right. so people joke, well, you should, I should have just come here illegally and I would have received all of these benefits.
3: Right. You're absolutely right. I mean, this is the same uh, mentality Africans uh, have, especially – let me qualify. I I should say West Africans and uh, perhaps some East Africans. I can't say the same for North Africans who are predominantly uh, Muslim, you know, but uh, people of the East and West uh, persuasion in Africa tend to uh, want to have, uh, you know, their best foot forward when they set foot on a new soil. And you can see this in – how how many africans are succeeding on their own right they're not asking for government handouts you know the the, the ideology behind the nigerian mind or the west african mind is what is paving uh of a course you know and this is largely missing from the large groups that are being supported as Ill- as illegal immigrants here in the west it's unfortunate but uh you know when you when you ask yourself why are they are they doing this this can only be seen as you know a way to invade and a, a way to cause chaos so that they can be uh, a, you know uh, a need or a cry for something even more stringent than we have now in the Patriot Act or you know in the in the acts that followed the uh, covid uh, lie that, that came out what worse is coming because we're setting ourselves up we're setting ourselves up meaning uh our overlords are setting us up for something worse to come they just first need this entire civilization right now to be in complete collapse and then they'll come in and do what they have th- decided is the right uh, thing to be done which you and I and everyone else here listening on the show uh knows that it'll it'll be the worst uh, of decisions but uh, they're gonna make it anyway
6: and that- you're okay you're not gonna
3: you're not gonna get COVID if you have these vaccinations yeah
5: <laughs> and by the way if you're watching tons of comments in the chat oh so glad you're back we love the rundown this is such a great show guys don't forget to drop down smash the like button smash that like button a lot of videos that people are positive about and they and they enjoyed they didn't go over and click the like button please do that because that helps and it also helps keep you know then when you're complaining oh well, i didn't see the notification for the rundown a lot of times if you're not clicking that like button youtube is saying oh they didn't like this and so we're not going to recommend it to them in the future so and that's just a computer decision that's not even a human that so again click the like button and if you haven't subscribed subscribe you want to know when we're we're doing a show click the subscription Button, our live show will be front and center, telling you, and you can see exactly what time it is and whatever time zone you're at, when it's going to be on. And so, and anyway, so yeah, subscribe if you haven't. Smash the like button.
4: If you, if you don't your break order. your if you don't break your mouse hitting a like button, then you're not a, a good <laughs> rundown fan.
3: You know what? I'm not going to say another word until somebody hits the like button. I'm not going to say another word until somebody hits the like button.
2: It is a protest.
4: Just don't let
3: like, yeah, just,
2: just don't light yourself on fire if no one is not. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm if you're not here.
4: breaking your phone, then <laughs> we don't want it.
5: Precisely. So, uh, Alberto, were you gonna you were gonna say something else? I think before I interrupted. Uh,
4: what I was going to say is that the the Neocon line used to be well, the United States. it's is uh, materially so great because we get the best out of all countries come here and then they they compete for material success. And then out of that springs all of the the material prosperity. But I'm not so sure that that's that's the case anymore. I don't know if that's still the neocon line. I don't know if they still believe that. Uh, So I don't know. But that's that's what it used to be. Mm.
5: So speaking of uh, women being out and about... It's probably a good reason why some women should not be out stop, stop, stop. Um mental illness, <laughs> I mean mental illness crisis in the
2: United States. What is it that <laughs> they're trying to communicate? what what exactly is it that pro trying to communicate just yelling at each other, you know, doing like this fake motion towards each other what what does that symbolize? what what is it any observer is supposed to you know receive like because I'm looking at these two people and they' and they look like dogs barking at each other.
4: That's what happens well, when well, men leave women and completely pull away from society. Right.
2: you know, you're looking at people
3: who are probably at some point absolutely possessed, and uh, they they cannot uh, put their two brain cells together anymore. That's gone, and so for them, this it's like you walk down the street and see a crazy person uh, making uh, uh, noises that are undiscernible. That's exactly what this is. You know, are, are they possessed? Uh, maybe I don't know, but it sure seems like it my
5: daughter was trying to explain or asking me to explain what insanity actually means. And so I gave the example, well, you know, you know, when your, your brother and sister who are three or three and four just suddenly start screaming for no reason or um, you know, whatever, like they, they're trying to get attention. They're trying, cause they haven't yet gotten to reason they, to the age of reason. So they'll come out and they'll, they'll scream And we look at, you know, they're just trying to get attention and everything. And so it's uh there's nothing unnatural about that at that age per se it has to be you know corrected and trained and brought into line and everything but um as i say that as i i'm not sure if the mic is picking it up but my my, uh, four-year-old outside my room here doing that you expect them to do that. You expect others to do that. Now what happens if a 25 year old gets up and screams like you, know, like your younger sister does. And she's like, Oh, well, I kind of get it now. Yeah. They're trying to get attention and then they haven't hit a level of maturity or they're just the general comprehension of reason and how to function in society where they understand that this is bad behavior or they do understand to some level, but because they, 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 they either a, have some kind of mental disorder, maybe possessed, or maybe you know they you know just never hit maturity, didn't have any of the way our school system and our television, or entertainment stunts your 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 development and growth. You think that walking in the store and just screaming in the middle of nowhere for the sake of is 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 okay because then people are going to pay attention. That's an example of mental illness. And she's like, okay, I got it, makes sense. And uh, I'm looking at this and like, wow, I just had this conversation today.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
5: But do you think, too, in um, one of the movies about our Lord, um, it's not perfect, but it's serviceable, The um, one with Robert Powell, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Whenever they, they introduce a possessed person, they do it twice in the, in the course of um, Christ's public ministry. And there's a guy running around screaming just like these women. But that's what they wanted to use when they made that film in the, the – uh, when did they make that? Late 70s, early 80s? Well, anyway – when they made that film, they wanted to use that to show this is what a crazy possessed person is going to look like running out of a cave, screaming and shouting and and, um, whatnot. I'm looking at the the video of these women is like, they're acting just like that.
4: Hmm. Yeah, what what we tell our our toddlers whenever they're behaving like that, I I tell them you're behaving like an animal.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hondo, as the kids say.
4: Yeah
5: primal screaming exactly it uh but that's but then let's dovetail into mental health because then you have all these articles that come around about the you know the mental health crisis we got to make mental health normal we've got to you know make that everyone's got to have a therapist and i'm scratching my head it's like wait a minute here And, and i've talked to some therapists and uh you know one i know that's catholic and i say well um how many patients have you had that were cured of their problems they stopped seeing and he's like oh i've had several you know that, that's what i aim for if i don't have to see you anymore that, that that's that's a win for me and it's like you know that's interesting because then you look around people talk to ask that very same question to therapists and they, they, they're like well, well i've never had anybody quit no that that's uh, maybe they quit but I've never cured anybody. Is that normal? Do we want to do that? It's like, um, I thought that was the purpose of your profession. Well, then we won't get paid, will we? And it's it's one of these head scratchers. It's like, oh, wait a minute. that That's the the model. It's, it, it's copying the, the industrial medical complex where they want customers for life. That's why they push the trans thing so hard. You get some kid that's confused about X, Y, or Z. And then you introduce these ideas. Hey, maybe you don't have to be a girl. Maybe you can be a boy. Hey, maybe you don't have to be a big, big girl. And you'll get all this, and you get this to a kid, a, a, a impressionable eight-year-old that's confused by these things and says, Yeah, whatever. They don't have the faculties to possibly doing and consent. And now, what have you done? You've created a patient for life that will forever need um puberty blockers and hormones, the opposite hormone to what his actual chromosome says he needs. Yeah. And or she needs and you, you've got you basically and then who knows these frankenstein surgeries that these doctors perform and how
2: many you've got a
5: customer for life exactly yep yep so but at the same time that we have such a, a a crisis of mental health in the country and there is a link with the demonic possession or at least obsession i think it's more likely obsession and you know mental not not because of, and i'm not saying someone's going to clip that not all mental illness is an instance of actual demonic activity, but the fact that there is so much of it—I don't know—I'm going to say that there's a lot of at least demonic influence that's going on to to spark and and and, and push that mental illness that that we're seeing around and around the country in so many different places where you know people think that you know certain types of behavior is okay. You look at the entirety of the trans business, right, where they say that you know. It, You know, you can prevent trans suicides by using our pronouns. And I'm just like, so you're saying you're going to kill yourself if we don't use your pronouns. Isn't that a classical definition of mental illness?
2: I mean, isn't that, you know, like clinical narcissism? Well, even, even so, even so, this is this was news this week. The APA, the American Psychiatric Association, is going to essentially remove gender dysphoria from the next DSM. Which is their their book for official, you know, psychological illnesses. So before homosexuality was considered a a mental disorder, but then they removed that, and then now gender dysphoria, which is gen- genderism, they're removing that. So now the American Psychological Association, really, psych- psychiatry, psychology, it's really becoming less and less dec- uh, discreditable as as a as a science because they're just following the the political agenda, the uh, you know, the, the norms of society and all that kind of stuff. So it's. When when we want to refer to psychology and psychiatry, what are we actually referring to anymore? Because it's a science that follows an, a, a political agenda rather than actually studying uh, material reality. And that's what uh, or an or natural science, something that's actually physical that you can you can interpret. So more more and more, it's like these things are are going to have to be discredited and 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 not referred to. Good point.
5: And that is, you know, one of the thing, I mean, you you saw this progression, okay, we're going to take homosexuality out of the DSM, even though you see psychologists like, Hey, I'm not a, you know, liberal psychologists are like, I'm not a bigot. I I don't know against homosexuals, but every homosexual I've ever treated fits the definition of clinical narcissism, you know, and then that's one of the things that used to be in the DSM before they got rid of that. Hmm. Right. Completely got rid of it. And then they want to take pedophilia. I think they did take pedophilia out, didn't they? Of the DSM five, where they talked about I it. it, maybe I, I, about it. information might be wrong on it, but um, at least they had those discussions. If they didn't, in fact, do it right, but meanwhile, that you know, you have a, when the politicians start talking, oh, MAGA is a mental disorder, and like, and we're yeah, we're not Trumpists, we're not MAGA people, but at the same time, it's like, wait a minute here. So you're just going to you know, things that are legit, true mental disorders are no longer mental disorders, but your political opponents. They've got the mental disorder. That's a very good point. It sure should be, uh, you know, kind of where it's going. Yeah. But uh, everybody's clinically insane. And then, you know, oh, but everyone, hey, just give up your guns. Trust the cops. They're the ones who should have the guns.
0: Shots
1: fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired!
4: Oh, I'm here! I'm hit. Hey, What?
3: I'm here! Yeah, i I'm shot! i the car! Oh!
5: I'm good. I feel weird, but I'm good. So that goes on for a little bit. But as it turns out, the only shots fired were the officer's shots. And what he thought was a shot fired was an acorn falling out of a tree that hit him in the neck. And he assumed he got shot
3: and and went into that whole business.
5: But no actual
3: shot. Yeah, I mean, my opinion is that's the worst acting job ever uh, from (laughs) anybody that we've seen. In recent times, I cannot believe a trained officer would think he had. I mean, did, 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 did that shot come with a silencer? How come he didn't actually hear mm-hmm. what would seem like an actual gunshot going off before he decides to somersault on the grass? Even a suppressor, you would, hear,
5: even a suppressor right. you would hear.
3: Right. That's, you right. Hear that. of course. A suppressor. Right. Of course. You know, uh, it seemed like he contrived this whole thing. And I, I, mm-hmm. I want someone to prove me wrong. This whole thing just seemed absolutely, absolutely silly. Um I, and I can't imagine this was some sort of woke officer. Um, I mean, everything just seems completely staged. Uh I, I don't know who I mean, who was he aiming at? He didn't was he was he aiming at the back of his uh Yeah, of because his, uh, his,
5: his he was operating his state his official statement anyway, is he thought that the suspect that they had detained in the car who was him? Yeah.
3: Right, had, right. That's my had, point. Had
5: firearm they did not find. That's why he's got the gloves because he's already searched the guy and put him in. Sure, and sure. He thought he was being shot at from within his vehicle, and so he turned around. Right. And but, him but, he but he and didn't. But he didn't hole through his
2: vehicle, vehicle or something. The, that's, that's, that's
3: exactly that's my. That was, I was going to say that from
2: side of father. it.
3: <laughs> yeah, he would have seen a hole through one of the uh, the windows or the uh, the, the the driver's a uh, uh, windshield or or the rear shield he would have seen something so i it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me that he's firing his his gun uh basically uh through his vehicle and still i mean correct me wrong but he didn't actually even hit his vehicle Uh,
2: No, know evolved taught us a lot is the fact that the police are blue and not just blue you know with the red stripe in the uh and the american flag but blue in terms of politics as well so they're willing to contrive blue line Exactly. To to be liberal and, and to you know hate the police, hate the Second Amendment, all that kind of stuff. And so whether this was staged, it could very possibly be the case because they might want to put a video out there to get everybody riled up against police officers to defund police officers. Mm-hmm. Simple lies.
5: That could be, too. I mean, a lot of cops don't have uh, they don't have the time, frankly, to hit the range and do a lot of training. You know, if it's um unless you're like tactical SWAT troops, you know, then uh, I've actually gone to the range of some of those guys, I used to know a couple of them and they're, they're pretty on point, but your, your rank and file, unless they have a little thing on their badges FTO or some equivalent field training officer, you know, whether they have to qualify at the range at, at uh, military rifle instructor level Um outside of them. A lot of the cops are dealing with, and then you're dealing with pressure, and of course, that's going to go with a lot of us as civilians, too, under pressure, that uh, we go to the range in a controlled environment, and we lay our spread, I mean, my spread's pretty darn good. What about under pressure? What about with adrenaline? (sighs) And that's why they have all these nice special rules that only apply to them so that in an active shooting incident with an officer, they get 72 hours to think about everything where they do not have to before they give a statement. They receive the presumption of innocence during that entire time. Then they go to an attorney or the, the one provided for their union or whatever, and then they make a statement. Crafted through their attorney. If we try to claim that same privilege, that will be taken and used against us in court as non-cooperation with authorities.
2: And Actually, something- there's there's a good. I mean, if if you don't, if you ha- if you're carry and you don't have a what do you call it, a subscription to U.S. Law Shield, twenty four hour service to to lawyers and all that kind of stuff, that will tell you that you know they they will they will force them to give you this that same thing back and three days before you make any public statement you have everything that you needed and, and you'll have up to a, a million dollars worth of law fees covered by US Law Shield um for for these cases because the reality is if you ever have to pull out your firearm and shoot somebody you're going to you're, you're getting arrested you're going to jail because they don't they don't know who the good guy is who the bad guy is. Even
5: yeah even up here you know and I no. mean even in Bonner County I'm sure at the very least there's going to be an investigation. Mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it's, you have to play it smart. You have to, if you're going to carry, you need to go, not just the actual training of using your firearm, using it correctly, using it wisely, but also the legal end of it. And if you don't, if you carry it on a daily basis and you don't have insurance, that's, uh, that's something you need to address actually, uh, frankly, yeah, you should, because it, as soon as you use it, even in your own home, uh it might be perfectly clear you might have what if happens if you have one of these soros funded da's that decides they want to make an example of you they're here they're in rural places believe it or not Yep. so you where know, none of us are are paid by us legal shield or any other um, concealed carry open carry self-defense insurer we are not funded or paid by them it's just a smart thing every gun owner who's carried for a long time will tell you have insurance Same thing, we're t- with uh, media insurance in the case of defamation insurance for the aforementioned uh, organization that will be closing didn't have any defamation insurance with especially with the the provocative stuff that they produce you'd think you'd have that just even if a good faith thing where somebody attacks you and you know (laughs) you needed that insurance they didn't have it they just always assume some donor would pay for it um don't do that especially when it's you know, when it, you realize that if you get charged with manslaughter, even for defending yourself, and it is a total legit open shut case. He came at me with a knife, but someone wants to say, oh, you had a gun versus knife. So you were in the wrong and they go charge you for manslaughter or something. You're going to be paying two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to defend yourself. You got that in the bank. That's why you need insurance. It is the lawfare. The way we shouldn't need that in, in, in a smart and intelligent and a properly ordered society. Some crazy, some perp wants to rob you and you shoot him. So when puts a gun in your face and you shoot him first. You shouldn't have to worry about the legal ramifications of defending yourself. That's lawfare. And they've done that to us. They've done that. And you look at the uh, there's a few places you can watch, like on Twitter. There's one I subscribe to um, uh, bad bad weapons takes where they, they show idiotic things that, that basically what is going to become the majority in this country thinks about weapons, you know, from people, you know, they run around, oh, AR-15 bullets are gonna blow up whatever they touch. And uh, really, seriously, I mean, it's, it's a tiny little bullet. Um, High powered, yes, because it's got, you know, between 160 and 180 grains of gunpowder in it, but it's still this tiny little bullet. It doesn't blow up whatever it touches. And then at the same time, oh, well, it's so underpowered, it can't hurt anything. Well, why is it a problem then? Um, but whatever, they, they run with these things. They're total ignorance of how any weapon actually works, any firearm actually works. And the underlining animus in all of that type of commentary is you should not be able to defend yourself. You should not be able to uh, you know, to, to use a gun and, and, and defend yourself. That's their modus operandi. So... Anyway, so James is uh, ready to to, to to go on.
2: He's gone.
5: Gone, yeah. And so it's probably a good time to move to the final final elements of uh, tonight's show, today's show, this morning's show, depending on where you might happen to be. It's time for us to grift.
2: Okay, so to, uh, this week is week nine of our uh, fundraiser for those of us who provide uh, monthly donations to the Oasis of St. Augustine. So for those, those who um, donate at least $90 a month, you are entered into the drawing of winning the Summa Theologiae by St. Thomas Aquinas. So it's a, it's an English copy of the text. It's a uh, $180 value that you'll get just for, for being a, a supporter of the Oasis of St. Augustine if you su- support us for at least 90 uh, dollars a month or more. Um, so if you do that, then um, you can you can yeah, you're entered to win this drawing. So if you want to enter into this drawing, you can go to slash giving um, this week, and I'll take whoever is entered by the end of this week and put them in in the drawing for for this incredible prize. After this, we have one more one more week, our final week. And for those who donate at least $100 a month, um, you're entered into a drawing to win the Mont Blanc. Uh, Meister Struck Le Grand Black Fountain Pen, which is a $600 value, so you're definitely getting a, a pretty good prize for, for being a a uh, a monthly giver to the Ole St. Augustine. Again, this is monthly and not just uh, a random payment. So, those who are registered for, for monthly recurring donations are interested to win, to win this prize. So there you go.
5: All right, uh, um, hold on a minute, let me get that off.
4: My only grift this week will be the same as in previous weeks support the, the Western monks, the oldest of Augustine. It's one great way to support uh, monastic religious life without giving a cent of support to the bogus Ordo church. That's my grift.
5: Okay. Well, it is March, and March is the month of St. Joseph. And at Mediatric Express, Press, we, of course, have books on St. Joseph. So a, a couple that I, I want to mention. So in the workshop of St. Joseph, it, it's a great work of historical fiction. So if you're familiar with our book, Autobiography of an Old Brevery, uh, this is written by the exact same author, um, Father Huisman. and it it uh, gives you a, you know, he takes all the history available for Palestine in the first century and the Holy Family and, and their place and, and and what they did. It works all of that into a really nice narrative about some Jews living in Egypt you know received the Holy Family and how they put together the prophecies of the Old Testament leading to our Lord. Now Joseph is such, you know, holy man, they do. There's a really nice section too, looking at the virtues of the workshop of St. Joseph and comparing that to our, you know, you know, daily life. And it's, it's a really fantastic book. I do recommend it. It is in stock. Then there is the month of St. Joseph. And this one is a basically meditations for every day. So obviously we're already in the second day of March. So you can still catch up. It's another you know amazing book by Abbe Berlieu, who was a French priest in the Diocese of Grenoble in the 19th century. And he wrote four months, uh, a different four months, uh, four different months books. One's in Saint Joseph, one's in Our Lady, one's in the Sacred Heart for June, and then obviously the Holy Souls for November. So this is you know for March, Saint Joseph every single day, you know, he's got, he got two meditations. You know, with the with prayer, it's easily digestible in a day. It's not something that is going to, you know, oh, this has taken so much time. It's not one of those things at all. It's a great book for that. And, um, and so, again, you know, I highly recommend that. Then, of course, this month, um, let me go back here to the sidebar. There we go. So The Life of St. Alphonsus Liguri is the book club this month. And uh, my copy should be here Monday, from what I can tell. And the paperback should be shortly after. So I will create the listing on the website, and we'll link that in. And of course, if you watch the rundown, you know there's a ten percent discount for uh, rundown viewers. Just put in the coupon code RUNDOWN in caps, and uh, you'll get that ten percent discount. So this is you know a fantastic work. It's seven hundred pages. Um, the full unabridged version of the life of, uh, written by Father Antonio Marietta Noya, who was received by Saint Alphonsus into the Redemptorist at age 18. Uh, just, just a, a great work, and I'm gonna have next week. I'm gonna enlarge with uh, some other stuff. Volume two should be in the presses by then, and so I'll have a you know a little bit more to share and talk about on that. And otherwise, I'm finishing up uh, Bellarmine on the Church Triumphant. Finally getting that done. I was working on that. Uh, it's been hurdle to get back into translation regularly and getting that done. So uh, the last volume of uh, The Church Triumphant, which is actually on the liturgy of the construction of churches and is his defense of those things against the early Protestants. And once again, just like uh, kids are invading, just like um, with his book on the mass, whenever Bellarmine starts talking about the liturgy, he starts taking the arguments from the Protestants against the church's usage. And Suspiciously, I guess a lot of those arguments sound really similar to 1960s and 70s liturgists attacking the traditional mass of the church. Surprise! So it's it's a it's a great book uh, for that. Um, you know, and I can't wait till we. I'll put the uh, I'll put the Purgatory volume in that, um, and then the Canonization volume. The Purgatory volume will stay as a. Um, trying to think is it it's worth my time to go out and tell them to knock it off because we're almost done. Uh, the purgatory volume will stay as a standalone volume. The canonizations volume will go away because it'll be contained in this Oprah Omnia volume on the church triumphant. So because I mean, not a whole lot of people buy that Whereas the purgatory one people buy that. So I'll keep that separate. I'm not going to exert any more books out of Bellarmine to be their own kind of books from the controversies. So, it's just going to be, you know, they're just going to be all opera omnios from this point forward. So, after the church triumphant is the Eucharist and then moving on to penance, the other sacraments, and finally, the big volume that everyone's asking me for. Everyone wants justification. I can't do justification as its own book because it depends on all the distinctions he lays down on original sin and grace and how it, you know, the Catholic positions distinguish from the Protestants. That's why I have not made just the book on justification or just gone. As soon as I read it, he keeps referring back to principles on grace that he's already laid down. So yeah, I got to gotta hold off on that. But we're getting there and I'm getting back in the groove on it. And so hopefully moving a lot faster. Uh, another time I'll talk about St. Alfonso's translation. And so anyway, that's, that's what I got in the grift. And I don't know if, uh, do we want to venture on POPs or is it just now is a good time to land the plan?
2: That's on the plane. I haven't, I haven't anything prepared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what the hell is that?
5: Well, thank you again, everyone who's uh, joining us and uh, both in the U S and in Europe and in Latin America and other play anywhere else you might be. Don't forget to subscribe if you have it and smash the like button, please hit the like button Um and, and keep, uh you know, keep this going and keep It helps YouTube determine to promote this to other people. And so other people can find it. Anyway, we are going to come back next week. So thank you all. And we will see you
4: next time.
2: Harvey, want anything special for your birthday?
4: Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's
6: undrinkable. It's
5: pretty harsh.
6: Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. Well, see you later. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. Oh, relax. Why don't you
0: try Instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh perked. Good as fresh perked?
6: I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight.
4: Hey, great coffee.
6: It's Instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perked?
4: Better.
1: Better than those girls make at the office.
4: Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours.
5: Instant Folgers taste good as fresh perked.
3: Try it.
6: I have two shotguns. On my home. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat
1: secluded.
6: And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy a shotgun. Buy shot gun. But
1: you don't need Flamethrower, and you don't need a tank and you, you don't need an AR-15 to scare those thugs away, no And I don't need a grenade launcher I don't need an F-15 There's just one thing I need to do And they'll stay away
2: from me
6: Fire to blast outside the house By a shotgun, by a shotgun By a shotgun. Shotgun. shotgun, baby you don't need machine gun
4: You
1: don't need 30 rounds Buy a shotgun Buy a double barrel shotgun Fire two blasts outside
6: the house Buy shotgun Buy shotgun You don't need machine gun You don't need 30 rounds Buy shotgun
1: Buy a double shotgun